stud receiver in the AFC South is flying in the face of history. What is the Dynasty Depot and why do you need to know about it? And we usher in a new era of the high-stakes fantasy football alert right here tonight. Plus, Nelson Verbit brings a special announcement for all current and future FFPC Dynasty players. The Week 2 main event second-place team owners Ryan Barker and Adam Castanelli stop by and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesson. Make out of the lesson. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. All of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs, uh, Ferreliacs, excuse me, first time, sorry, forgive me. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll speak with the Dynasty Depot's co-founder, Nelson Burbett, plus the two co-owners of the second-place Week 2 team in the FFPC main event, Ryan Barker and Adam Casanelli, drop some knowledge about DeAndre Swift, about Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Farrell is at KFFSC this evening. You can also post, uh, post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to chime in and talk with us, please do so. Give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the questions, tweets, and emails in our fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show, thanks to our audio engineer. And, of course, my best friend, Bryce, who, by the way, getting married on Sunday, the commissioner, Bryce, uh, getting married to his lovely fiance Sunday afternoon. Can't wait for that party. It's going to be fun. And, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Want to welcome in for the very first time, ladies and gentlemen, as the permanent co-host of this program. You know him from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, the unofficial third co-host of this show, now the official second co-host of this show. It's Farrell <laughs> Elliott. Farrell, happy Friday. Welcome in, man. Oh, Balky, thank you. Thanks for uh, such a great music selection to make me feel right at home from the start. A big weekend going on up there for you. Goodness gracious, week four of football, and you've got a wedding to boot. Yeah, and and I'm introducing a new co-host. By the way, shout out to um, the Quiet Hollers, Louisville's Finest, who uh, helped perform that theme song for the intro to the show tonight, Uh, a band that uh, you know very well because you manage them, Farrell. I do, and and we made plotting a wonderful return for 2021. That song, uh, that selection is titled "Pressure," and it uh, the lead singer Shadwick comes from a uh, from a very punk background, and that that song has some punk thing to it. But it is it is very popular across the the wide group of Quiet Holler fans. So thank you for playing it tonight. Absolutely, and I found out uh, uh, as I was researching because I was. I went, I went through my Quiet Hollers collection today, and then I, was, mm-hmm. I went on YouTube to look at some of the videos. I didn't realize you actually are in the music video for that song. Well, it was with a, uh, that was with a wrestler. Oh, man, I can't remember his name right now. But uh, let me tell you, like, there's, there's guys walking around. Something or something? Yeah, there are, their band members are walking around still needing to see a chiropractor. Those shots... <laughs> 
where he is jumping off the ropes into the band members. And these are small guys, you know, relatively small guys in compared to the athletic world. Congo Kong, that's who he was. And Congo yeah. did all full 350 of his pounds uh, diving off the ropes and, and making contact. Uh, with some of the, with some of the band members, so it was it was a blast shooting the video. But I was glad I was not in any of the uh, fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's, uh, you mentioned him too, Shadwick Wild, who's who's the uh, the lead singer of the Quiet Hollers. He did not look like he wanted to have anything to do with the wrestling aspect of that video. And how did you like our? Uh, how did you like the gentleman that filled in as the ring announcer? I thought he had some Bachman esque qualities to him. Oh, I, I, listen, I don't know who that was, but whoever it was, I strive to have the pipes and the announcing ability that that dude had. That was fantastic. That the the whole video was just, was just tremendous. And, and uh, I, I, I want to uh, uh, tell everybody, if you haven't gotten a chance, not only download the song, um, but also check out the video on, on YouTube for, uh, for that, for the quiet hollers pressure, the, the, the new theme song for the high stakes fantasy football hour. Uh, I want to uh, let everybody know uh, that coming up in tonight's show in actually just a minute or so, we're going to have the dynasty depots co-founder Nelson Burbitt pop on plus the two co-owners of the second place week two team in the FFPC main event, Ryan Barker, Adam Castanelli. Uh, they're going to uh, drop in. We're going to talk a little fantasy football with them. Ladies and gentlemen, Second place overall in the main event. It's the first time they've ever played the main event. Pretty striking stuff. We're going to get into uh, some commentary there uh, for sure. But listen, before we get to those guys, I do want to bring in our first guest tonight. He is a longtime FFPC player. He's been on this show before, actually. He's here tonight to talk about his brand new uh, venture with the FFPC and why all of y'all Dynasty players need to know about the Dynasty Depot. You follow him on Twitter at Credit Card King. That's Credit Card King without the A in card. Please welcome back onto these airways the Dynasty Depot co-founder, Nelson Burbitt. Nelson, thanks so much for popping on and making some time for us tonight, man. Derek Farrell, thank you very much. Very nice to be here tonight. It's exciting to have you. And uh, I think the big question on everybody's minds, you know, we, we saw the press release. We've been following the Dynasty Depot on Twitter. Uh, check out thedynastydepot.com. But tell us a little bit more. What is the Dynasty Depot? And sort of how did this whole idea come into fruition where you guys decided to go ahead with this? So basically, you know, during last, last, um, last summer, I guess it came up, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're not there yet and, and, and the drafts are over and there's no action. And we tried to come up with a way with, you know, to, to provide action. My partners at Rick and Mark, we sat down, we talked about, you know, different ideas. And we just felt, you know, there was a better option, you know, for people that wanted to orphan their teams instead of just walking away from them. There was also mm. a better option for people that own dynasty teams, you know, that want to make a profit on these teams. Um, we figured, you know, how can, how can we create action? That's what we were trying to do, off-season action. You know, we saw people that were good drafters, you know, drafting maiden teams, maybe possibly selling them before the season even begins for a profit. Um, Draft junkies, you know, are just good at that, and there's teams that can be monetized, day trading teams, drafting teams, and all of a sudden put them up for sale because they're playing it down. So that kind of brought us into Dynasty Depot. How could we create something to fulfill those needs? Um, so what we did is we created an auction site where you can buy and sell existing FFPC Dynasty teams. Okay, so you need to be an FFPC member so to buy or sell teams on the site. So what we did, we provided, we're going to provide a single sign-in process. So when you sign into Dynasty Depot, you'll automatically become an FFPC member. If you're already an FFPC member, you'll simply use your FFPC credentials and sign right onto the site. Now, so this is an excellent program. I tried to flesh out exactly what this meant, and now I can see what it's going to do for some of the players. I've, I've never played any Dynasty, but when I, when I hear you describe this option, it makes me want to get involved. It makes me want to look at what's available to buy, and it makes me want to uh, draft some. That I think you said major teams to move forward. Well, it, yeah, and that's all part of it. So let me just give you a quick example of how it's going to work. If you're a buyer, okay, you're going to use our filter to find what you're looking for. You'll filter the the uh, filter by league amounts, by league type, standard, superflex, best ball, superflex, best ball. Select your team, place a bid. 
or the well-known buy it now. If you're a seller, you're going to select your team from the Dropbox. Remember, your teams are going to be imported from FFPC as we're going to be linked with them. So your teams are going to be listed there real easy. You'll select an auction time. There'll be one day, three day, five days. You'll set a reserve being a minimum price that team can go for, or you'll set, and you'll set it by it now, and you'll simply post your team. We're anticipating uh, when we go live January 4th, we're anticipating between 100 and 300 teams being available on this site. Now, there's teams that you're going to buy for 5 bucks. There's going to be a $250 <laughs> Dynasty team that you might spend $800 on. Okay, so people are going to use this for different ways. Some are going to use it to not orphan their team and try to monetize, you know, what's left of that team. Maybe they have problems. Maybe they just want to get out of the dynasty business. But there's going to be an awful lot of teams that are going to try to maximize their value and see what they can get for those teams. And we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, and, and Nelson, and for, first of all, so awesome. You know, one of the things that the FFPC has not done before is allow FFPC, existing FFPC dynasty owners to sell their teams at a profit. That will change now with the Dynasty Depot, and people will have the option to do that. How Can you explain a little bit how the auctions will work? You know, how long are these auctions going to take? Are they going to be very quick? Are they going to be prolonged? How, if you wanted to bid okay. on a yeah, team I and thought, try to win I one, how, I how does that process yeah, work? Eric. So, no problem. So, again, the auctions are going to be set for 22 hours, uh, 24 hours, 72 hours, or five days. So you have a one, three, and five-day option of what you want to put your auction time for. And, 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 and so it's totally user-friendly in that regard, no question, which is going to be, which is going to be great. Um, so you mentioned earlier, uh, Nel, and by the way, we're talking to Nelson Burbett, the co-founder of Dynasty Depot. Uh, check out uh, DynastyDepot.com. Follow him on Twitter at TheDynastyDepot. Nelson, you had mentioned um, the membership access to this. So obviously, if you're an FFPC uh, player, you sign in with your FFPC credentials, you're in. You can sign up with Dynasty Depot. What's the membership cost for something like this? Okay, so what we're running for our FFPC, I'm not going to get into all the different membership levels, but no, you are going to have to be a member to get onto our site. Um, we want serious players. We want people that are going to be buying teams and selling teams. This isn't for anybody to be playing around with. You need to be a member to be on our site. But what we're going to be offering, and we have started to publicize it, are if you go to DynastyDepot.com, uh, there's a box. You simply put your email in there. We've had hundreds of players already put their emails in there. Okay, we're going to be providing the FFPC players with a little bonus here. So what we're going to be giving these guys for $59 okay, a year. You're going to bid, buy, and sell as many teams as you want. You're going to get entry into the leaderboard contest, which I'm going to tell you about in a minute, which is probably the best thing I'm going to tell you tonight. You're going to get access um, to Dynasty Depot's exclusive rankings powered by our partner, Roster Watch. Roster Watch has never done Dynasty rankings. They're scouting. They are a sponsor of the Reese's Senior Bowl. They go and do this work, and they are going to be providing exclusive content just to us, okay, as a member. Um, you're going to get a free Roster Watch Pro membership, a $50 value right there all of a sudden. Our charter members are going to be getting these bad you-know-what Dynasty Depot T-shirts that we're going to box up and send them out <laughs> to each and every one of you. And here's the best part about it. If anybody knows anything about maidens, uh, excuse me, about orphans, you have to check an orphan page 10,000 times a week to see if you get lucky and one gets posted. Not at Dynasty Depot. What's going to happen is with this membership that I'm giving the RFFPC members, you are going to get a text notification every time a new team posts. That means if you look at the team on your home screen on your phone, you like it, you press on it, boom, you're at the bid page. It's simple. Okay, it's very user-friendly mobile. That's Nelson, beautiful. I know so Nelson, has... do you... go ahead. Farrell. Yeah, but Balky, I was going to ask Nelson. So, if you're an FFPC player, you, you yep. whether you own a dynasty team or not, you, you buy this, uh, you buy your fifty nine dollar 
membership, and you're off and running. Uh, you, you can choose to buy, you can choose to buy a team. You can choose to just observe. But you, what you really want, Nelson, is people to come in and be active in the marketplace. We believe that's going to happen. We know the percentage of teams that are orphaned. We know people like me that own over 100 dynasty teams. We would like to move some of them. I don't want to have 100 dynasty teams, but when I see one, I buy it. What am I going to do during maiden season? I'm going to draft maiden teams. It doesn't matter if I have 100 or 200. It's what I do. <laughs> Dynasty players are yeah. unique. Okay? Yeah. We, at the end of the day, you look, oh, my God, I have 110 teams. What did I do? Well, we're going to give you a place <laughs> to move some of those teams. And if you're good at what you do and you put good teams up, you're going to be able to move them for profit. And if you want to get out of it and you're done with Dynasty or you have too many teams, you need to sell some off, you're not going to have to walk away from it. Nobody else has created anything that allows you to do something else besides walk away from an orphan and orphan your team. Okay, this is so what where this do is I about. go to take my $59 and be the first to be available when you go live? Give us that live date again. Okay, so right now, November 1st is the first key date. That is when the site will open for memberships. From November 1st, through the end of November, we are offering this a basically two-for-one deal where you're getting it basically for free to our FFPC friends. Okay, so that's going to happen then. January 4th, auctions will go live. I do have to say this because people have asked me in the chat rooms, it's the same question. You cannot post your team without paying your 2021 dues. Okay, you can't sell a team that you haven't paid for. So if you want to walk away from it, you can walk away from it. But if you think it's worth something and not walking away for nothing, you must pay your 2021 dues to be able to post that team on our site. Balky, I think I'm going to put dynasty football teams on my Christmas list. That's going to be right at the top. <laughs> well, and, and you'll be hey, able to hey, do Eric. that too. Like, and, 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 Eric. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you about a last feature here, this leaderboard feature. Yes, I was okay, going to ask this, you. This, Go ahead. This, this is tremendous. So everybody likes a game inside a game, right? So you're playing dynasty football and you're on FFPC's platform and you're playing for prizes and that's what you do. With Dynasty Depot, every team you purchase, I don't care if you buy a $77 dynasty team for $1, that team will hit the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. It will be broken up into four different leagues, best ball, super flex, standard, super flex, best ball. So you buy a best ball team, and you pay five bucks for it. And over the offseason, you build it, you make trades, you make it into a good team. When the season starts in 2021, your points weekly will transfer from FFPC to the Dynasty Depot leaderboard weekly. At the end of the year, there's going to be prizes where the main prize, the number one prize in each category, is an FFPC main event seat. Meaning, wow. for five bucks, if you buy a team for five bucks, you could turn that five bucks into a half a million dollars, right? <laughs> That's great. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, Nelson, this is, listen, so much good stuff here tonight, learning about the Dynasty Depot. Um, we're all going to follow the, the, first of all, we all follow you on Twitter, credit card King, but we also want to follow dynasty Depot on Twitter at dynasty Depot, the dynasty Depot.com is the website. And Nelson, I think that's the best thing to do to get more information right now is go to the dynasty Depot.com sign up for that newsletter. Yeah, let, let me, just, let me correct you real quick here. It's on Twitter. It's, it's at the dynasty Depot. Don't follow me personally. I don't have as much to say as, you know, you think <laughs> I might have to say, right. So you might want to go at the Dynasty Depot, and if you want to sign up, put your email in. You will get a letter from us announcing the FFPC promo, an email from us a week before it opens up on November 1st, and that is uh, the excuse me DynastyDepot.com. DynastyDepot.com is where to go at the at the Dynasty Depot on Twitter. Nelson, tremendous stuff. 
listen, we're very excited about this partnership. In fact, we're asking our good buddy Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch on this show uh, to talk about uh, Dynasty Depot more because I, I think this is going to be awesome for FFPC Dynasty players and certainly changing the ease of buying and selling for sure for people. It's going to encourage Do you think you more get a word in involved. if me and Alex are on the show? That's probably not the case, but that's okay. I'm going to get you guys your own. I'm just going to let you. It's going to be, I'm going to be like uh, Calipari at University of Kentucky. I just roll out the basketball, right? So I just turn on the mics and you guys talk for an hour. And, and I, I think people would love, love that you guys. For sure. Thank you very um, much. Thanks. Thanks congratulations, for your time. Congratulations, Nelson. Appreciate Thanks, Nelson. Good to talk Nelson. to you guys. Nelson. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nelson. That's Thanks, Nelson guys. Burbitt, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, from DynastyDepot.com, you follow at the Dynasty Depot on Twitter. And if you're an FFPC uh, Dynasty player, or if you're thinking about becoming one, definitely uh, that membership totally worth its weight. Uh, that, especially when you consider those Dynasty leaderboards at the end of the season, where you can earn main event teams. Uh, tremendous stuff. Tremendous, tremendous stuff from Nelson Verbit tonight. So, Farrell, you heard um, Nelson talk about. I, You've never played Dynasty before. I have a couple of Dynasty teams. Nelson has over 100, which is insane to me. And, and Nelson is an insane type of guy, but he's, he's the right kind of insane. We are going to shift yep. our focus now to um, two players who do not play in over 100 Dynasty leagues. In fact, it is their first year playing high-stakes fantasy football, and I want to welcome into the show right now. Um, they are seasoned vets. Now, this is their first time playing high-stakes, but they are seasoned vets when it comes to playing in leagues amongst their friends, whether it be one league or in Ryan Barker's case, 13 leagues uh, in, uh, <laughs> against his friends. They are brothers-in-law, and they are sitting at currently after the Thursday night game. I believe they're in 15th place right now in the 2020 FFPC main event in their first year competing. So I want to welcome in Ryan Barker and Adam Casanelli. Gentlemen, congrats on the success so far, and thanks for joining us this evening. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. So uh, we're going to get into the fantasy football portion of the interview here shortly. But before we get into that, I want to kind of get to know you guys better. The listeners want to get to know you guys better. Um, tell us what you do when you're not playing and you're not being in 15th place overall in the main event, which pays out a half million dollar <laughs> grand prize. Uh, tell the listeners what you're doing for a living. I'm, Ryan, I'm going to let you go first and then go ahead, Adam. You can answer after that. Yeah, so uh, my, my most important job is I'm the dad of twin daughters. So a little shout out to Molly and Tori. Uh, but when I'm not doing that, uh, I'm the controller for a commercial real estate firm uh, here in San Diego. So love, love the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, uh, I also have, I have one little daughter. She's actually the, uh, the face of CC Frijoles on our team. So uh, <laughs> she's uh, my little daughter, CC. And uh, other than that, I do uh, advertising sales. So I work with attorneys across the country and been doing that for quite some time. So you guys Real are brother-in-laws, and- but you you formed another marriage uh, here at the altar of the FFPC. <laughs> who who stirred who's who stirred the straw in the drink to make this happen? Who 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 made this come together? Uh, well, I would say uh, Ryan already had one team built, and they're actually doing really well with that team too. Him and his cousin. And they had came out to a wedding in Colorado, and Ryan and I both like sports. We both play fantasy football with our friends, and he had mentioned uh, that they finally had like pulled the the trigger on doing like a Vegas main event type thing with you guys. So he was telling me about it, and you don't really have to push me too much when it comes to sports gambling. So uh, I was like, well, tell me more about it, and. Oh, like 15 drinks and a wedding later, uh, we had just sat there and said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm in to, to make another team and let's, uh, let's see if we can get at least one of these teams going, uh, if not both of them. So, so, so Ryan when so, okay. So for anybody who's watching this on, on blogtalkradio.com right now, I have the photo up there. The FFPC message boards has the photo. I think it was in the FFPC email this week. I could be wrong on that. Um, but uh, the the image, the the photo of you guys together at a wedding <laughs> with former head coach and current NFL Network personality Steve Mariucci. You guys were just hanging out him at, with, with him at one at some wedding. Ryan, was this the same wedding, or was this a, were, were these separate weddings you guys were at? No, this is actually a different wedding. Uh, I think that wedding was last summer. It was about a year ago, and he was actually the uncle of the groom, and. Uh, we, we knew he was going to be there. So we, you know, we strategically waited and uh, we ended up getting to meet him and hang out with him quite a bit. So 
it was fun. It was, he's a very well, cool you guy. These guys are real-life wedding crashers. That's who they are. <laughs> I just figured that out. And now you've crashed the FFPC your first year, and you, these guys are great. I actually just just like uh, full disclosure. I was actually I I for you guys. You, Carol knows this, but you guys probably don't. I live in the shadows of Lambeau Field up in Northeast Wisconsin, and I was actually up in Green Bay this past weekend, and I did crash a wedding up there. No Steve Mariucci, <laughs> but I did get a free beer yeah. and a lot of weird looks, which is okay. Um, so so you guys, so Adam, let let me pose this to you, Adam. Do you guys do you have any like any interesting mooch stories that he? Did he spill anything from his time in the NFL or with NFL Network? Anything interesting you can share with us? Well, I mean, aside from being a diehard Lions fan, um, Steve Mariucci, he pretty much he told us like the ins and outs of of really who to target when you're when you're talking fantasy football. But mainly, he was more kind of laughing at when we were talking with him. Ryan was uh, being victimized by a uh, drunk party goer. So I got to talk more football with him while Ryan tried to shed this lady because he wanted to talk football as well. So, uh, but no, Steve's a, Steve's a, a great guy. He's uh, he was like very approachable. He would come up to you and talk to you. So he was uh, really fun to get to know. And, uh, but yeah, if you ask him a question, he'll just, he'll just tell you the answer. So it was funny because I grew up in Michigan and being a lifelong Lions fan, you know what that's like. So it was uh, fun to see someone who lived the misery, not just uh, rooted for the misery. So yeah, it, it worked for the misery too, which was which was insane uh, for a while. But uh, good stuff there. Always appreciate a good mooch story on the show. All right, let's get into fantasy football here, uh, guys. Listen, many people coming into this year, they were concerned about the recent history of a receiver leaving his previous team to a new offense, a new head coach, a new team. And then they struggled their first year. Uh, Adam, why didn't you think that DeAndre Hopkins would fall victim to that end this year since you guys trapped him at, at the 202 in this main event where you're in the top 15 right now? Yeah, I um, just kind of watching the what transpired. I was never a fan of Houston. When he got moved, um, I – I have them in all. I have three leagues. I have this is the main league I have, and then I have two smaller ones with some groups of friends. I have Hopkins in every single league, and mm-hmm. I knew he was not going to get back to me in a 12-man league. So I had to either take him really in the the beginning of the second round on the turn because I drafted 11th, or never have him on my team. So I wasn't worried mainly because in his seven-year career he's only missed two games. And this guy, he's injured right now. Uh, He has a Q next to his name, but he'll probably suit up on Sunday. The guy just doesn't miss games. So when I look at, like, him individually, I said, hey, new contract, new team, and the way he was traded as, in my opinion, the best receiver in the game, uh, I just saw that as a a win-win. And with Kyler Murray only getting better and better and throwing the ball 40 times a game – that's just kind of like a win-win. So that's why, why I jumped on it originally uh, so, so early because he probably would have made it at least a few more picks down the road. So I knew I had to take him then or just not have him. So 25 seconds for Hopkins, and he's yet to find the end zone. But you guys got to love that. And I, I think that's a lesson that you must have learned in playing in these uh, what I like to call uh, basement or garage leagues, you guys are calling them home leagues. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going out and you're getting your guys. You you know who you want. Uh, average draft position, be damned. Well, what's a what's a big difference <laughs> now that you've experienced? You've been in that ballroom. You you came in and you saw everything that the FFPC has to offer, and, and now you're three weeks into it. What are the what are the differences from what you're doing now in the high stakes world <clears throat> based on what you were doing in, in your home leagues? Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, you know, the 20-round the, the draft uh, is really, I think, the biggest difference and, and having to plan mm-hmm. out your whole season kind of ahead of time. And, uh, you know, there's no, there's no, like, huge waiver wire for quick fixes, kind of all of Mike Davis. You know, Mike Davis is usually sitting on the waiver wire, but, you know, in this league he's, he's drafted. And so you have to, you know, you really have to plan ahead. By weeks, I think, become critically important. Um, you know, I'm not a heavy trade guy in other leagues, but you know, that's, sometimes that's an interesting strategy. If you have a good draft, you know, you could use those pieces to, you know, kind of fill weak spots. And here you got to be, the, the draft is vital and you really have to look ahead and, and, and plan for that. So I think for me, that was, that was definitely the biggest difference. 
Talking with Ryan Barker, Adam Castanelli, the uh, 15th place overall team in the FFPC main event heading into Sunday games this weekend. Ryan, we saw a lot of players targeting running back early this year, maybe more so than that we've seen in the last three or four years. And, and you guys did it here. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Raheem Mostert in rounds three through five. How important when, when you and Adam were talking about this, how important was it for you guys to lock up all those backfield touches early in this draft? Yeah, I think it was really important, um, and kind of as Adam alluded to, you know, all the credit to him for, for picking Kelsey in this format at 11 and following it up with Hopkins. But when you take a tight end and a receiver in those first few rounds, you got to go heavy on running back because, you know, the top guys fall out fast. And at 11, you're just not going to get one. Um, so the strategy became avoid Le'Veon Bell at all costs. And, <laughs> you know, and so – uh, I think honestly, we were you know we were thrilled that those three guys were there. Um, you know, they're all sort of that feature back guy. Not not a huge timeshare for any of them. Uh, Mostert's awesome, but he, you know he's he's hurt right now. But um, you know, to get those three guys and then be able to follow it up with with Diggs and Wilson right after that. You know, I think we were we were very thrilled with how that worked out. I notice you guys are drafting tough players. Like you say, Hopkins has only missed two games in his career, knows how to play hurt. I, and name brands are on your roster. Uh, Gronkowski drafted in the ninth round, the, the Tampa Bay tight end. We finally got a little Gronkowski mm-hmm. this past weekend. Uh, patience has paid off. Is he a player you're going to flex in the lineup? You're going to move forward with him, uh, playing him in week four? Um. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll be week four. It's a possibility. I mean, we have a couple guys that are questionable this week. Um, but, I mean, in terms of Gronk, like kind of what we see him playing out as is we'd love to have another tight end that we can flex in there, especially with the point and a half for tight ends. Um, but it's going to kind of depend on how banged up Tampa gets because now that Fournette's out, and Godwin's out, you could see him probably getting more targets. Um, I just think for him it's a matter of time to become consistent. But, I mean, that was if you, if you kind of look at our team as a whole, I mean, all of our main players that we looked at are either in a brand-new team and a brand-new contract <laughs> or they're in the last year of their contract. So that was one thing that I kind of was joking with Ryan as I was picking these guys. I was like, we got the team of newbies on new teams that are out to prove something with Diggs on the bills and Mostert finally getting his extension and Hopkins and Carson's in his last year, Gordon with the Broncos. So we, when we looked at Gronk, I was like, man, everyone's taking tight ends like crazy. I know I got Kelsey, but I better take a second one here. And that's kind of where Gronk came into play. So, I mean, I'd like to see what he does this week and, and getting into the end zone, hopefully. Cause I think once he gets the first one, Brady's just going to keep going back to him. So. Well, I drafted yeah. him in the ninth yeah. round too, guys. And and he, you know, Brady had him in the end zone this week. Would have been catch number seven and uh, touchdown number one. Mm-hmm. Ball. He he threw mm-hmm. it way over his head. It was an uncatchable ball. So I agree with you. I think it's gonna things gonna begin to click. And and when I took him in the ninth round, let me tell you, there were some guys kind of smirking at the table. You know, <laughs> taking taking a little, little smirk. And you know, when we threw up a couple goose eggs or close to it. In the first two weeks, you know, patience may prove to be a virtue where Gronk is concerned. Yep, for sure. And, and I think you guys you guys are right, too. I mean, we're going to find out a lot about Gronkowski this weekend. No Chris Godwin, no Leonard Fournette. You're going to have Mike Evans, Ronald Jones. Um, I guess you can make the case for O.J. Howard. But Brady is going to be relying definitely on Gronkowski maybe this week more so than he has the previous three weeks. So I think we will learn about a lot of, uh, about Rob Gronkowski for the rest of the way this weekend for sure. Um, uh, I want to shift to talk about receivers here. Uh, I guess we, this is sort of a Gronk question for you as well, Adam. Currently, at least the, at last check, I saw you had Golden Tate in your final flex spot for week four. I'm just curious how difficult the decision that is knowing that you have John Brown who practiced in full today, you have Russell Gage knowing that Julio Jones, you know, isn't at full power, you know, full Julio Jones. And then you have Gronkowski. So I'm just kind of curious what what your thought process is when you're setting your lineup for this specific league for Sunday, what are the chances that Golden Tate stays in there above all those other three guys? Yeah. um, 
I know last week I actually I had him in there too, and then I made the switch like 30 minutes before kickoff to Russell Gage, and Gage got the concussion in the second quarter. So I think they only had a difference of about four or five points. But, uh, again, it, it kind of comes down to what's going to happen with the Atlanta receivers. Um, I'm hoping that there's some kind of an update uh, tomorrow possibly because obviously Gage will have more – more targets if one of those two receivers in Julio or Ridley are out. So, I mean, if, if he's the third receiver, I still think he's a great viable option, and I know he's probably playing, but he still has to clear, I think, like the final concussion protocol, even though he practiced in full. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, being a, a Detroit Lions guy, I'm, I don't want to rely too much on the Lions' X's with Tate, and I have Marvin Jones in there. But, I mean, you kind of got to look at it and say if, if, if Gage is, is a top two or three guy and he's healthy, we might stick him in. Um, and go with that. But again, we got Chris Carson too on the running back side where, I mean, all signs point saying he's playing, but we're not too deep on running back with Mostert out too. So it'll just kind of depend on other people determining whether or not we put our guy in, I guess. You guys draft a little bit like I do, because I can tell you're not too deep at running back because you're obviously in love with wide receivers. Now it's, (laughs) it's been a renaissance for um, Aaron Rodgers this year, and the, and the guy that, that, that seems to be most connected to him is now injured, Alan Lazard, and he's going to be gone for a while. When we were at the draft in Kentucky, Balky, you would see him moving down the boards, and every time someone yep. drafted Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, they, they really didn't. They really didn't say the name with much excitement. It's kind of like, well, I have to draft him, but I don't know what's going to happen. Is Scantling going to fall into this rejuvenated uh, Aaron Rodgers? Because right now, I think Aaron Rodgers can make any receiver into a Pro Bowl receiver with the way mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball. So, what, what do you guys? Uh, is, is Scantling maybe a guy that you might flex in, or you might you might um, where any leagues where yeah. you might own him? Yeah, I think that Lazard injury was or injury was a bummer for sure. He was really coming on with Rodgers, and I actually have him. We drafted him in the in the other uh, you know league we have with you guys, and uh, we're we were very bummed. Uh, I you know I don't I don't see why not that you know uh, Valdez Scanley wouldn't get the targets. Uh, I I don't know if Adams is back this week. I think he is, um, but I feel like you know that's where the coverage is going to roll. Uh, and he hasn't shown much yet. I mean, but, you know, I think just by volume uh, on a team that's going to probably throw a lot on Monday against Atlanta, uh, you know, I, I would I would think that he would get the targets. But at this point, flexing him, uh, you know, I guess it would depend <laughs> on where, where you're at. Sadly, I don't have him in a lot of teams. I had Lazard, but I didn't have him in a lot of teams. So, but – I think the opportunities will be there for him, and but whether he does anything with it or not, that'll kind of be determined. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, Ryan, right? Because you you said it. I mean, he's going to get the targets. There's no reason he wouldn't get the targets. Can he squeeze those right. targets? Can he actually catch those <laughs> targets? Because we've seen Marquez Valdez right. Scantling over right. the course of his career get wide open, get behind the defense, seventy yard touchdown right in his hands, and he drops it. And it's so I mean, being being a Packers fan, it's very frustrating to see. But um, I think that Falcons game on Monday night, too, uh, that's going to be a total shootout. I mean, you're looking at like 60-plus points in that game. Valdez Scantling is definitely going to have his hand or hopefully hands in a lot of those plays uh, on Monday night uh, going forward. Let's get to some emails here tonight, guys, uh, from some listeners that wrote in. Um, And I think, Adam, I'm going to toss this one to you right away since it's a Lions question. This is George in Irving, Minnesota. He writes, should I just cut bait on DeAndre Swift? With the buys starting this week, I'm trying to only keep guys I might start, but Peterson and Johnson seem to be getting in a lot more than him in the Detroit backfield. Thanks, guys. That's George in Irving, Minnesota. You know, Adam, you got to be excited. DeAndre, you're a fantasy guy. You're a Lions fan. You see DeAndre Swift being selected in the early second round. You think, oh, boy, this is going to be very exciting. Maybe the second coming of Javid Best. Who knows? Hopefully it ends up better than Javid Best. But in any event, with DeAndre Swift, um, what are you doing in your leagues right now? Because when it comes down to it, you're going to have to make some tough cuts uh, over the next course of, you know, four or five weeks with the, with the buys is Swift a cuttable guy, or do you have to find a way to keep him? I mean, I think it, it depends on the team that you got along with him, because obviously you're not starting him 
that you're not starting him unless at least one of those guys uh, goes down. And again, you don't want to like wish injuries upon somebody, but unless uh, unless the two guys ahead of him go down, he's just not going to get enough snaps to be in that lineup. So if you got if you got a lot of uh, depth on your team, and uh, if you have DeAndre Swift in there, and you drafted him in the sixth round or higher, like in the league that I was in, someone took him in the sixth round. That's just a really tough break. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on the waiver wire. If I were looking at the league that I'm in of the Division 12 teams. There's no one on the waiver wire that I would take over his potential down the line. So I would hang on to him on my team based on who I have. But if, uh, if you have other people that you believe have more upside on your waiver wire, by all means, I don't think he's a, an, a must-keep guy just because it's not just one person in front of him, it's two. So it really just depends on who you also have on your team to me. So perhaps a smart idea, slow your roll. Do not move swiftly to the waiver wire to cut DeAndre <laughs> unless you absolutely have to. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And, I'm here all night. And um, don't draft Detroit Lions. Never draft Lions. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is, like, you know, over the years, I okay, so last year I, ha- I drafted Galladay on one team, uh-huh. um, and I was happy. But over the years, like yeah. half decade plus, Adam, I have drafted – a few lines, the only guy I've really been happy with, and I think this guy still gets underrated for fantasy, and I'll let you chime in on this, Matthew Stafford. You can get him as your backup quarterback in just about every draft, and he puts up a ton of fantasy points when he's healthy, right? Hey, who is the backup quarterback on CC Frijoles? <laughs> Matthew uh, Stafford. He's, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and I was just looking. CC Frijoles, because Melvin Gordon decided to go nuts last night, we're up to fifth now. Oh, my goodness, fifth. That's even better than the 15th. I didn't realize it was 15th. Yeah, Gordon, I, don't know if they, I mean, everybody saw that, that. I was watching that game last night, and, um, you know, I, I just thought, like, the last two minutes would go by in, in roughly two minutes since it was a blowout. Well, not a blowout, but the game was well in hand. And then Melvin Gordon rattled off a 43-yard touchdown run when they're just trying to salt the game. It was insane. And I was like, like – you know what? Somebody who owns Melvin Gordon right now is very, very happy. And then lo and behold, <laughs> when I see who you guys had in your starting lineup, boom, Melvin Gordon, you move up to fifth overall. That's exciting stuff. You cannot go wrong with that. It was very uh, exciting for me sitting around not watching football but having it on my side phone. It was nice to see that happen with in garbage time. And guys, when he bounced out of that, when he when he bounced out of that scrum of players and went around and saw that no one was there, there was no one happier or more surprised than Melvin Gordon. I think he needed that. So. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It was it was what it was like. It was a vintage, you know, back when he was running with the Wisconsin Badgers in college. It was a vintage uh, Badgers run when you know one of those rare times that massive offensive line couldn't create anything like sort of what they would do against Michigan or Ohio state when they had to play a real football team and they couldn't get anything going. Melvin Gordon was the perfect guy to just bounce it outside because he, he had the speed to run around those linebackers, run past those corners, get by those safeties. Like that is what he did. And it's exactly what he did last night. So awesome to see. I, I know I, I had him going in several leagues too. So I was very excited to see that Ryan. I want to pitch this email to you. This is Joe in Lubbock, Texas. I don't think you own Hunter Renfro in this league or, or any FFPC leagues. I don't know if you own them in any of your home leagues, but uh, Joe in Lubbock, Texas writes, how keen are you guys on starting Hunter Renfro this week against the bills? with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards expected to miss. Yeah. Joe in Lubbock, Texas, thank you so much. Ryan, what do you think about Renfro as a start this week as, as perhaps a flex? Yeah, we actually I have him in, in the other league. Uh, we're, you know, with Lazard out, we're, we're definitely plugging him in. Um, I think, uh, you know, he, he's definitely – he's going to – I think he's going to catch eight or nine balls for sure, hopefully with a touchdown. And with, with Ruggs out, I think he showed last week – uh, I think it was against the Patriots that, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got those targets now. And uh, I think the Bills, you know, they're going to be, uh, I'm assuming at least they'll be trailing for probably some of that game. So I think it's going to be pass happy. And I, I think it's a good play. Farrell is the Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the resident Raiders fan of this podcast. Farrell, I'll let you weigh <laughs> in on this as well. What, what's the, uh, what's the over under on, on Hunter Renfro fantasy points for week four? If I set it at 12 and a half, are you taking the over? Uh, yeah, I would be over that. I would be over that. You know, it, it's it's this is a time of the year when we see the player like Hunter Renfro, and, and there's a number of them. Um, 
you look at you look at Beasley and you look at uh, Day's favorite Andy Isabella, um, Adam Humphreys, uh, Tennessee. You know, we, we, we've got a floor that looks to me uh, 15 catches and one touchdown through three games. That's, that's what I would call a successful receiver. And there's a lot of guys not doing that. And there's a lot of these quarterbacks that want to look underneath. Uh, these second look between the linebackers and and underneath some of these defensive backs and get the ball to some sure-handed receivers and that's where Renfo falls in in a game when that you know but Buffalo's going to put a nice push pass rush on Carr he's going to be looking to dump that ball out Waller and Renfro big games yeah no I'm with you like for it. sure on that I, I like <laughs> Renfro quite a bit this week yeah he's he's he should do numbers and the other thing too is Carr clearly trusts him at this point. I mean, he, he's the mm-hmm. he's the type. Him and Waller both third down safety blankets for sure, and he's going to have them on all three downs uh, available. Uh, Adam Castanelli and, and uh, Ryan Barker, ladies and gentlemen, the fifth place overall team in the FSCC <laughs> main event heading into Sunday's game. Here, guys, uh, so lovely to have you guys on tonight. Before we let you go, you've been very gracious with your time. Farrell has one final question be- uh, for you before uh, before we let you enjoy your weekend. It's the tough one, too, guys. You know, we mentioned Dave. Last week we talked about a bust in FFPC starting lineups this week and also a sleeper that you should put in. And he came with Andy Isabella as our sleeper, and Isabella scores two touchdowns. So not only is this always a tough question, now you're following up a situation uh, where where you've got to match Dave's sleeper, which is tough. So I want to start – I want to start first with the bust. Uh, maybe I should get one from, from each of you because it seems like you guys are sharing the same brain. And so I want to get to understand <laughs> here if, if you guys will think independently of each other because you're very sharp players. It's been very impressive to listen to you, and I'm glad you were not in my 12-team league. So we'll start with Adam. <laughs> I, need, I need a bust. I, I, need a, I need a bust, and then I need a sleeper and a, and a little quick reason why for each. All right, so randomly, of course, the guy I'm playing with has my bust and the sleeper um, this week. So the bust, I got Jimmy Graham, uh, tight end, had a great game last week. And the reason I got him as a bust is he's playing the Colts. Colts have only given up six catches for 32 yards all year to opposing tight ends. And Jimmy Graham hasn't had back-to-back 10-point-plus performances in three years since he was with Seattle, and that only happened twice that year. So Jimmy Graham is on my bust list because of that. For Sleeper, I was actually going to say Andy Isabella again, if that is if Christian Kirk and or Hopkins don't play. But if both of them play, which they might, my Sleeper goes to – I mean, he's probably in most lineups, but Preston Williams of Miami, he's going to get a lot of targets um, playing catch-up against the Seahawks. So that would be my – and and they're good ones. So even with Graham getting a, a new quarterback, um, you're still going to put him on your bus list. And the three quarterbacks there, the three tight ends that the Colts had to defend were, were not anywhere near a Pro Bowl roster and, and probably won't be in the first three weeks. But you, you're sticking with Graham. And I think that's, I think that's a strong choice. I, mean, I, I look forward to seeing that. I think it's harder to pick the bust. And I think you picked a very, very, uh, a very, very good sleeper. Um, uh, what, what about your your partner in crime here? What can we get from you? <laughs> well, I think the bus. Uh, you know, I don't know how many leagues are actually starting this guy, but I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Uh, I think the Chiefs uh, laid the groundwork for how to stop him even last week playing Lamar Jackson, and I, you know, I think the, the, the Patriots are very run heavy offense, but uh, I, I think. Uh, you know, Cam Newton is a is a risky play in my mind just because of what the Chiefs showed last weekend or on Monday against uh, Lamar Jackson. Interesting. And, and, and I should, I should br- <laughs> go ahead, Bulky. We can get a little Cam Newton. Now, no, uh, no, no, I, 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 I was kind of frozen there with with trying to figure oh, out no, no. who I would start over Cam Newton. <laughs> Ryan, go ahead with your sleeper, and then I have a I have a point to make about Cam Newton. Oh, okay. And actually, my sleeper, you know, we just talked a little bit about uh, with the emailer, and I, I actually, I, I think Hunter Renfro um, is a solid flex play and, and a sleeper for this week just based on the game, playing the Bills, and then just I think the number of targets he's going to get with, you know, the Raiders, two other receivers out. So, 
we talked about that, but that was actually who I who I had. Yeah, and, and Farrell and I are definitely on board with Renfro too. I like him this week too. I, I, I think if you're looking for a wide receiver three this week, uh, you, you could do worse than Hunter Renfro. So I like him for sure. One of the things I did want to point out about that Cam Newton call about him having a rough week this week, um, we had uh, uh, Tejas Badiwala, the $120,000 FFPC career winner on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown this week. Check it out, rotoviz.com slash podcast or anywhere you get podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. But we were talking we were talking about Cam Newton this week, and he also said, he's like, look, I love Cam Newton the rest of the way. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback as far as fantasy goes. I do not want to play him this week. He thinks it's going to be rough, which is weird, you know, because you think that New England was, will probably be playing passing, uh, the passing game to catch up in that game against Kansas City. But he doesn't like him. Ryan Barker doesn't like him. Look, you're talking about a ton of winnings here and a guy who is really high up on the FFPC main event leaderboard. Don't start Cam Newton this week. Friends, don't let friends start Cam Newton in week four against the Kansas City Chiefs. Friends, tell friends, listen to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week because Ryan Barker and Adam Castanelli, the fifth place overall team in the FFPC main event, were on. Gentlemen, such a pleasure. So much fun talking to you tonight. Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, best of luck to this main event team as well. And uh, say hi to Mooch for us. We, we'd love to, uh, to pick his brain sometime the next time you're hanging out with him at a wedding. Yeah, we uh, we tried to see if he was free tonight, but he wasn't. But uh, also, I want to say uh, get get well soon to my friends Nat and Kurt. Uh, they got the covids. Oh, oh God, yes, yes, for sure. Quarantine. I think they're isolated. listening because get they're better. in quarantine. So I said I would say that. Yeah. Ninety percent of well, people guys. who listen to this podcast. Ninety percent of the of the people who listen to this podcast are isolating because they have COVID nineteen. That is our demographic. So we are hitting a home run tonight on that. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Good luck in week four. We really appreciate you making some time for us tonight. Hey, thanks hey, for having us. Have a good night. Adam Castanelli, Ryan Barker, ladies and gentlemen, hanging out with us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Fifth place overall in the FFPC main event after Melvin Gordon's big night. Farrell, did you have Melvin Gordon in any leagues going last night? One, yes. My first team that I drafted, oh, okay. and, you know, I said, why did I draft Melvin Gordon? And I never drafted him again. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, he broke the hearts of some people in Las Vegas and everywhere else at sports wagering is legal because he was under his 72 and a half yards total until busting that run for the touchdown. Yeah, that was just crazy, man. Just as I did, you know, the last two or three minutes of that game, I saw stuff I, I never thought I'd see happen. All those personal fouls and then Vic Fangio drill sergeanting his team uh, off the field, making sure that nobody, uh, you know, shook hands or talked to Adam Gates or anything like that. It was bizarre. It was a bizarre ending to the game. Um, we it do was probably a good thing to get those players off the field at that time. I think there were some, I think there were some uh, field activities that would have continued. So it was a coach made a good decision there. Speaking of coach, uh, you think Adam Gates makes it through this season as Jets head coach, Farrell? You know, I don't know what – well, there's a short answer and a long answer. From obvious reasons, it does not look like he's ever going to have any success with the group of players that he has. However, he has them executing at least on the offensive side of the ball, and he's, he's drafted a big tackle, uh, Becton out of Louisville. Uh, the, the personnel decisions for me uh, aren't correct. Um, you know, I think Frank Gore would be a good complementary player on a winning team. I have no idea what he's doing starting for an, uh, an 0-4 team with a with a young quarterback. Yeah, could be the only way he could have gotten on the field, too. I don't know. Maybe Denzel Mims saves Adam Gase's job when he gets healthy. You never know what's going to happen there. Um, Sometimes it, it only Jeff, takes one player. One one player yeah. can, can rise a unit and get them to where they need to be. And, and, you know, this team was competitive, and Darnold was a pleasure. Uh, to watch last night, especially that touchdown run. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, God. That was awesome. Just just Thursday night football. You never know what you're going to see, uh, for sure. Let's um, – we, we got some uh, listener emails here. I think they're basically all starter sit emails tonight. Uh, Farrell, we'll, we'll pound through as many of these as we can. First one's from Dustin in Southfield, Michigan. He writes, hey, Bulky and Farrell, is Justin Jefferson now, quote, unquote, for real? I need to decide between him and Darius Slayton this weekend. Welcome aboard, Farrell. That is Dustin in Southfield, Michigan. And we will, I will tell you this right now. 
Justin uh, Jefferson is taking on the uh, Houston Texans, the in Texas. And then you have uh, Darius Slayton, who is also on the road. He is taking on the Rams. Farrell, do you have to pick one of those guys to start? Who's it going to be? Oh, man, that is one of the easiest plays on the board this week. I, I'm a big Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson fan. I could not believe when Johnson started the season at wide receiver. Now, he's held back by the quarterback play and some of the play calling on the team, but this guy is a real star, and he's who you need to put in your lineup. Now, the Giants, Giants have scored three touchdowns this year, Balky. Slayton's got two of them way back in week one, hasn't done much since then. Ends up uh, playing the Rams and looks across the uh, line of scrimmage, and there's Mr. Ramsey staring at him. So it's not a it's not a good weekend for Darius Slayton. A much better weekend for Justin Jefferson. Easy decision. Yeah, you know I think you're right on that. And, you know Minnesota on the road. Um, they are four point underdogs, and that total is 53 and a half. Kirk Cousins obviously has developed some sort of um, kinship, some sort of. Uh, chemistry with Justin Jefferson going forward. Remember, this dude was a first-round pick, too. There's some pedigree in that, too. I think he's for real. I think you play him over Slayton. Now, for whatever it's worth, I didn't draft Darius Slayton anywhere this year, so I might be a little bit biased on that, but I'm definitely playing Jefferson uh, over Slayton. On to a tight end question, Rich in Mansfield, Ohio. What's up, fellas? I drafted Evan Engram as my starter, but I am weighing benching him in favor of Logan Thomas this week. Would you support that, guys? That is Rich in Mansfield, Ohio. Thank you so much for the email, Rich. And I'll tell you, in, in fair, I'll preface this, the 0-3 Giants, I just said, they're going on the road to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Washington football team uh, this week, I believe, is taking on oh, – I just lost. I just had it. They're at home against the Ravens. Um, they are 13.5-point <laughs> home dogs with a total of 45.5. Would you be making the move to start Logan Thomas over Evan Engram? Oh, no, an, an inexperienced player that, that drafted Evan Ingram and drafted him pretty heavy uh, or pretty highly does not need to make this move. You know, Logan Thomas on his own right is, is in a very, very difficult game, this situation, with a quarterback that is, is even more challenged than, than, than any quarterback that we'd have in the league in getting him the ball. So Logan Thomas definitely not against almost any tight end but particularly not against Evan Ingram. Now, Ingram as a floor probably here, Balky, of, say, 550 yards, uh, one touchdown. You know, the, the the Rams basically ignored the Bills' tight ends, much to their disappointment this past week. They, they scored three t- touchdowns against them. I think, they'll, I think they will uh, uh, be very challenged to deal with Evan Ingram um, as, as a big target for the quarterback. It's not going to be enough, but it's going to be most of what the Giants have in the passing offense. Uh, Evan Ingram is my guy. I'm going forward with him. Easy decision. Yeah, he- yeah, and not only that, too. I mean, think about it. That's a normal game script that we're talking about with Evan, and he should be normally involved if this game's close. The Rams are 12.5-point favorites. I mean, there's a good chance that Evan Ingram is heavily targeted by Daniel Jones in the second half if they have to come up. I think the, the floor is much higher for Ingram than it is for Logan Thomas, and I think you can make a pretty strong case that the ceiling is significantly higher than it is for Logan Thomas uh, versus Evan Ingram as well. So yes. I'm agreeing with you uh, there, Evan Ingram, over Logan Thomas for sure. Noah in Fort Lauderdale, I believe that's Florida, he says, tell me I'm crazy so I won't go through with it. Right now I have Joe Burrow in at quarterback over Drew Brees. Or am I so insane that this might actually work? Appreciate it. That's Noah in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Noah, thank you so much for the email. Uh, Farrell, I'm going to tell you this right now. I have this exact same decision I have to make in one of my leagues. I have Burrow in over Brees, and I feel pretty good about it. You're making the right decision. This is a perfect storm of the schedule in week four. You know, Burrow's Burrow's biggest hurdle so far that I can see is being sacked. He's gone down 14 times in the first three games. Jacksonville, not an aggressive pass rush, only three sacks so far this year. This is the game where Burrow really begins to connect with A.J. Green. Uh, This team's going to be playing loose. Uh, against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's going to give them a good game because they've got a good offense, too. So there's a lot of points here. There's a lot of balls in the air. Burrow can do some things with his feet. And, uh, Balky, you know, the other side of that question, uh, Drew Brees, it's uh, 
it's it's more than father time. It's it's the the offense that they played through all these years. Alvin Kamara cannot continue to have uh, the kind of games that that he had this past week. He can't carry this team on his back every week in the NFL against an improving Detroit Lion team who's an underdog in that game and just may win it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm just kind of curious here because um, I know that the, the future for Cincinnati is T. Higgins taking over for A.J. Green, playing alongside Tyler Boyd. So, Farrell, if you by some chance, and I know I'm speaking to 0.01% of our audience right now, but if you had by uh, per chance one league where you had A.J. Green and T. Higgins, you could only start one of them, you're saying play Green this week over Higgins. I love the youthful receivers, and Higgins is actually one of one of my uh, top sleepers for this week, and and I, and I want to get him in the lineup, but I don't think this is the week for it. I think that I, I think that Burrow um, will will look to develop this relationship, and uh, I think it'll be successful for both players throughout the season, better than it's been so far, and I think it starts here. You like uh, T. Higgins this week. You love A.J. Green, and uh, that means Joe Burrow is the start over Drew Brees. I am with you on that. Final email we have tonight is from Jack in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. He writes, if Fournette misses week four, do I have to play Ronald Jones over Jarek McKinnon? (laughs) Thank you for the email, Jack. And I'll tell you this right now. New information since this email came in, Leonard Fournette is out this week. So it is Ronald Jones' backfield in Tampa um, it's so weird, you know, we're t- week four, we're talking about, oh, I play McKinnon or Ronald Jones? Who thought we were going to be asking that question when the season started? No one. Uh, but this mm-hmm. is the situation we're facing. Farrell, are you going to play uh, Jerick McKinnon this week um, for the uh, 49ers, who is taking on uh, the Eagles at home? Or you could play Ronald Jones for Tom Brady's Buccaneers, who host the Chargers. Which one are you playing? Yeah, I like both these players. If I have them both on my roster, I'm going to start McKinnon because I like him a little more, but I'm going to flex Jones in if I can. You know, Balky, I'm a big believer in next man up football. You know, the guy, Ryan and Adam, who were with us, they talked about the Detroit Lions, and God bless the Detroit Lions fans. They they put up <laughs> with the Detroit Lions front office for all these years. Here's an organization that we hear a lot about Swift and Johnson at running back. And when Adrian Peterson becomes available, that's who they go get and start. But that's not what's going on in Tampa. And that's not what's going on in, in San Francisco. These organizations, the next man up at running back, these are very, very good players. Jones and McKinnon will both be successful. Uh, and, and, you know, the coach, uh, uh, the the coaches in these two clubs, uh, San Francisco and Tampa, very, very different. And, uh, you know, Bruce is a big players coach. and He gives a, a real huge yeah, – I think Ronald Jones is favorite, yes. And uh, so I think he's got a chance to become a favorite of Brady. So if you if the quarterback and the coach like it, you can have a big, big game. And this it looks like everything is uh, pointing in that direction for Ronald Jones. So my answer is McKenna yeah. a little bit more. Jones should be in your lineup too. If I if I had the choice between the two, it's going to be McKinnon. I did not pick up McKinnon uh, off waivers, nor did I draft him in a lot of these. I don't really mm-hmm. have many shares of McKinnon. I have a lot of shares of Ronald Jones, and because of the destruction of running back so far this season, I am forced to play Ronald Jones this week uh, in more leagues than I like to. But I'll tell you what, after I, it was announced that Fournette's out. I don't really have a problem with uh, Ronald Jones as a flex or even as your second running back this week. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be A-OK in that game. We were A-OK tonight uh, with uh, with our show tonight. Farrell, your first as the official co-host of the show. Uh, we had Nelson Verbit on. We had Ryan Barker on. We had Adam Castanelli on. Flying colors, man. If, if I was a teacher, you'd be getting an A++. Wow, that's great. I never had one before, Balkan, so thank you. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but this is this is the grade that you get tonight. Uh, so good to have you on, man. I will uh, we will t- we will chat again next week. And uh, best of luck in all your uh, FFPC teams. Thank you. A week, Balky, and I'll tell you about it next week. All right, you're the man, Farrell. Really appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Farrell Elliott. I want to thank Adam Castanelli. I want to thank uh, Ryan Barker, Nelson Burbitt for being a part of the show tonight. Of course, the FFPC. Rob, right, and a full
every one of you for tuning in tonight. Tejas Badawala on the High Stakes Lowdown. Check that out, rotobiz.com slash podcast. We'll be back next week, 10, 9 Central. Farrell and I will talk to week three football guys, second place owner, Ryan Jerkos. will be on the show. It's going to be a fun one. Good luck in week four, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. bring up here tonight as long as um, we're, we're giving Louisville some love since Farrell is of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we had the quiet hollers doing the, uh, the intro to the show. We had Frederick the Younger, another one of Louisville's big bands out there right now that Farrell happens to represent, uh, doing the outro tonight. So thank you to them. Actually got a chance to see when they were in Appleton for the Mile of Music a couple of years ago. Uh, great stuff from Frederick the Younger. One other thing I want to leave you with tonight. Um, we talked about, Farrell just talked about this with the next man up philosophy. And, um, and I think that's true in the NFL. Farrell likes it. I, I like it too. I don't, I don't want to oversell this and I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but I was thinking about Alan Lazard this week, a guy that I never was really a big believer in. I just thought he was a guy and didn't invest in him in fantasy. We saw what he did in New Orleans on, uh, on Sunday Night Football. Um, it was later found out that he gutted through a core injury, had to have core surgery uh, this week. He's going to be out indefinitely, at least a month. He's going to be gone. And the Packers medical team has been notoriously um, conservative over the years. And, and they don't let guys go out there when they, um, when they have any kind of injury going on. And I, I was thinking about this, like, you know, if Alan Lazard comes out of that game, what's his leash like? And it's probably razor thin because he's got Marcus Valdez-Scantling breathing down his neck, Equinemia St. Brown ready to step in, make a play. Um, and I was thinking about this. You know, the next man up is a great thing for those late-round picks or those non-pedigreed and those undrafted free agent picks. But if those guys get hurt, they are going to go through it. They're going to do whatever it takes to get through it. So when you're thinking about starting a player or picking up a player is probably a more wise um, Take a chance on these late-round guys because they are going to give everything they got and they will scratch and claw and never sit out because they know that when they do sit out, uh, that could be the end for them, and they never get that opportunity back. Uh, I think about guys like Alan Lazard is a perfect example. James Robinson in Jacksonville, another great example. You know that guy's going to give everything he can, um, and he's never going to leave a game unless somebody literally takes his helmet away. Um, It's what we love about fantasy football. It's what we love about the NFL. It's what we love about life. Guys who give everything they can, or or women, you know, that's just a fantasy football discussion. People who give everything they can to a cause. So nice uh, to to see that they're very admirable people and they're the people uh, you want playing uh, on your fantasy football team for sure. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm going to let you enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Good luck in week four. I hope the balls bounce your way. And Farrell and I will talk to you ahead of week five next Friday.